I'm Maria. And I'm Roisin. And welcome to the Fitness Fertility Podcast. This podcast is all about how improving your physical fitness can help to support you on your very own fertility journey. I'm a personal trainer who specialises in training women with fertility problems. I myself suffer from PCOS and have had two beautiful boys, and I'm on a mission to help you do the same. Before we get into it, we will be discussing other themes such as where do babies come from, pregnancy loss and bereavement. We may also be sweary from time to time. We are optimistic, light-hearted girls, but we know this is a really stressful time for some of our listeners. We respect that. In this week's show, we're going to be discussing fertility-friendly weight loss, and I'm calling it fertility-friendly weight loss for a reason, because losing weight for fertility is not the same as losing weight for your holiday or for your wedding dress or to fit back into your favourite pair of jeans. So this is a whole important topic all on its own. When we discussed weight loss before, it was around the idea of BMI and infertility. And I certainly didn't realise that the two things were oddly connected. Can you just reiterate why is it important to be in a certain BMI band? The medical profession, the way they judge your health, if you like, is by looking at your BMI. And your BMI is their way of trying to figure out how healthy you are, but it's more than just weight. So it's not just what you weigh on the scales, it's your weight, but in relation to your height. To cut a long story short, they will not give you fertility treatment in most places until you have a BMI of below 30. And when you're saying fertility treatment, is that any kind of fertility treatment or is that specifically to say for IVF or IUI? For IVF, IUI, ICSI, most places, I say most places because on the NHS their rule is usually below 30. Some private clinics will go higher but yeah for anything like IVF, ICSI, it tends to be um, below 30. I don't know a huge amount about BMI, it's never a measure I've used for myself. The one thing I know about it is it kind of misfires a bit if you're a larger person, if you're a taller person, if you're naturally more muscular. There's that old adage about rugby players having really, really high BMIs, but being super fit at the same time. Yeah, this is the problem. So I am very happy to completely agree with everybody that says BMI is really problematic. So like you've just said, even in the sports world, I'm willing to bet if you took a gymnast, we've already said a rugby player, anyone with any decent amount of muscle mass, they're going to have a really high BMI. But the BMI doesn't distinguish between the the weight of your fat and the weight of your muscle. So if you have someone that has a huge amount of muscle, they are going to weigh a lot. But BMI would just say, oh, BMI is over 30. Uh, you can't have any treatment, thanks. You could have someone with a lower BMI, but actually they have more body fat than you. So their body composition is less healthy. But if their BMI is below 30, they would qualify for treatment and you wouldn't. Would that not be a problem for some of your clients because they don't want to build muscle mass? That's a very good question. So the key to that is you want to make sure that your BMI is below 30, but that it's a healthy below 30. So what you need to try and do is have a program and the right nutrition to allow you to lower your body fat and build muscle at the same time. Because if you can lower your body fat, if you like that kind of pulls the weight off, So then when you then put the muscle on, your BMI will be below 30 because you've also lost the body fat, but it's much healthier below 30. 
So it's made up of healthier stuff. So the muscle is healthier than the fat, if that makes sense. So that's where you want your weight to come from, that's from the good weight. stuff. And yeah. also, like we've talked about before, muscle burns more calories than fat, which we love. Hooray! So that means that even when you're sitting still, like me and you are now, you are just taking over more. You're burning more calories. And like we've talked before, muscle is really good for uh, women who experience insulin resistance with PCOS. Let's talk about insulin resistance, because... It's certainly something I hadn't heard about mm-hmm. before we started this podcast. So <laughs> what is it and how does it manifest itself? Insulin resistance is quite often one of the symptoms, if you like, of PCOS. So polycystic ovarian syndrome. And it just means that your body doesn't um, use insulin properly, which means that it's very easy for you to put on weight and it's quite hard for you to lose weight. And obviously this is a massive problem when you're looking at BMI and it's, it's kind of extra bad. It seems extra unfair because if you're going for fertility treatment because you've got PCOS and then they say to you, ah, but your BMI is too high, you're stuck in this really horrible cycle because you need to lose weight because your BMI is too high. But it's harder for you to lose weight because you have PCOS and you're insulin resistant. So your body doesn't lose weight as easily. So you get stuck in this really unfair cycle of wanting to lose weight, but it being hard to lose weight because you have PCOS. So what would your recommendation to a client that came to you with PCOS? So if they are insulin resistant in particular with their PCOS, I would suggest some kind of weight training program is a good idea. And before people, you know, freak out and think they're going to develop all of these massive muscles, we're talking about a kind of lean muscle weight training program. So really nice muscle, not too bulky, but basically lowering your body fat, increasing your muscle so that your BMI drops below 30, but it's a really nice, healthy 30. And the increased muscle has been shown through research to help reduce the symptoms of insulin resistance. So if you have less fat, more muscle, this will help the symptoms of your PCOS, which is better all around. So exercise is key to fertility. We know this, we've covered this in some previous episodes, especially resistance training. Can I just also add, um, from a weight loss point of view, for me personally, I find that it's so much easier to lose weight when I am training mm-hmm. because I'm my day is more structured, my week is more structured. I'm not stuck in the house. I think sometimes if you're in the house for long periods of time, you're going to find something to eat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It does. It gets you out of the house. It gives you a structure to your day. And also you, you feel good because you put the work in, so you're less likely to come home and snack because you feel good about yourself. And it kind of motivates you not to come home and eat all the rubbish. You're not rummaging around the cupboards looking for your chocolate bar because you're in the gym. So There's yeah. no chocolate in this house. It's absolutely <laughs> bam. Yeah, I've looked. <laughs> there is none. <laughs> I've started bringing my own snacks. <laughs> Sometimes I feel so sorry for my family. <laughs> I've got no impulse control whatsoever. <laughs> Neither have I. Just don't have it in people. That's the other way. For anyone that's on baby number two or having secondary infertility problems, having kids they're like velcro for haribo (laughs) and they never finish a meal Mm -mm. i found especially when the girls were particularly young i would finish everything yeah you don't want to waste it but it's a sausage here a fish finger there and And then you have your own dinner you lovingly made these things so you knew they were good oh yeah they were good oh yeah those fish fingers i mean they're delicious i mean they're not going to eat themselves no but you don't want to throw it out either you don't want to waste food not when there's a little dab of ketchup left on the side of the plate oh i love ketchup Yeah, so you do, but it's hard. And secondary infertility is a real thing, and it's an important thing to say. And lots of people do really well on the first baby. They lose the weight, they go to the gym, they do all of the right things. And then 
when they come to have the second baby and they're experiencing secondary infertility, which means that you struggle to have the second baby, you're you're still experiencing fertility. It hasn't magically fixed. And then, yeah, you're right, it's harder because you've got the baby. You are having all the baby food in the house. You've got all the biscuits. You've got all the rusks. You've got all the sausages. And it's hard. And also, with baby number two, you may also not have a huge amount of time to go training. Mm-hmm. And energy as well. You're so tired. And you've been up in the night. And I love my children very much, but it was definitely harder fitting all of this in when I was trying to conceive baby number two. But saying that, going to the gym gives me energy. So then I'm a better parent. You've gone to the doctor and they said, your BMI is 35. That to me is a recipe for crash dieting. Yeah, don't do that. But you want to get the weight off quickly, Maria. This is the whole point. Well, yes, but also no. So one of the problems is if you lose weight too quickly, for anybody this is bad, But if you lose weight too quickly when you are also going through fertility treatment, one of the problems is you can drop a lot of fat very quickly, but fat contains toxins. So there's a lot of research now that shows that if you lose fat very quickly, you release toxins and this actually can then be damaging to your fertility. So what I would say is don't lose weight too quickly. I know what you mean about wanting to lose it very quickly. So my advice would be start losing weight way before your first appointment if you think your BMI is going to be over 30. So don't do the crash diet thing because it is not good for you for many reasons, but it's really not good for you for fertility. It might actually make things much harder. So start early and then go to your first fertility appointment and maybe your BMI is 31 and that's fine. You know, in a month's time, your BMI will be at the right weight, but don't do it quickly. Crash diets are bad. The type of training you do is really important. Resistance training, which is what used to be called weight training, is really, really helpful for anyone going through fertility treatment, especially women who have insulin resistant PCOS. So that's the first thing we talked about. And then secondly, how quickly you lose weight is really, really important. So like we've just said, do not crash diet. Crash dieting can actually interfere with your fertility. So that is definitely something that you want to avoid. In terms of what to eat or how to eat Mm -hmm. and all the various diets out there, from a fertility point of view, is there any specific diets that you would recommend or even the GP recommends for you? I can hear uh, nutritionists all over (laughs) the country kind of shouting, no, don't do that. Um, No, I'm not going to recommend a particular diet at all for many reasons. But what I am going to say to our listeners is, In a couple of weeks time, we have Julia Young from Julia Young Nutrition coming onto the show. She's a friend and colleague um, and I've worked together with her a lot. She is a fertility focused nutritionist and she will come on and she's going to talk to us about fertility, supporting nutrition, and she will definitely talk about healthy ways to lose the weight. So I'm not going to talk about it now. I'm not going to recommend any diet, but it is coming. So make sure that you tune in to the next episodes so that you can find out more about that. And I believe on your website, there will eventually be a nutrition section. Oh, yes. So over the next few weeks, I am working on many things. One of the things I'm working on is meal planning. Um, And I'm going to start supporting clients with their meal plans as well as their fitness, which I am very, very excited about. So, yes, more to come. Yeah, it'd be really cool because then you can start looking at it from the point of view of what to eat when you're training, what to eat on those rest days. Oh, yeah, we can do loads. I'm really excited, actually. Healthy snacks. I can't wait. Healthy snacks. Healthy snacks. No, I can't wait. So, yeah, fitness and meal planning um, is coming and it's going to be awesome. 
So if the recommendation is don't try and lose too much weight too quickly, what is a safe amount to lose? A safe amount of weight to lose each week would be, depending on where you're starting, one to two pounds a week. So in kilos, you're looking at kind of half a kilo to a kilo a week. And this just means that you are losing weight safely. You will not be affecting your fertility. You're not kind of shocking your body so that it has no idea what's going on. Your body doesn't think it's gone into some kind of famine situation. And this means to do this, we've talked about this so many times, it's all about consistency. So it's consistency with your workouts. And that just means, you know, start with one workout a week, maybe aim for three workouts a week if you can. Look at the type of training you're doing, but just keep coming back. So consistency is key. And then we will talk about nutrition, but consistency with nutrition and what you're eating is key as well. And if you can just keep those things ticking over, then you should lose the one to two pounds a week. Because like we've been talking about before, it's the bottom line is you need to have more calories going out <laughs> than you do calories coming in. Sure. And obviously there are particular types of food that are healthier. So there's healthier ways to do that. But basically you need to be in a calorie deficit if you're trying to lose weight. But you need to do that in a safe way. Yeah. And a great saying around dieting is the greatest determinant of overeating is undereating. That's absolutely true. If you've undereaten all day or even two or three days, you're going to binge. Your body's going to go out and it's going to try and find that food. The other saying that I always try and keep in my mind is if you can't eat an apple, you're not hungry. Yes. And this one really works for me because I just want (laughs) I eat. I, I stare at like a fruit bowl and I'm like, I'm hungry. I'm starving. I really got to eat something. And I have to say to myself, eat the apple. And I don't want to. And that's when I know I'm not physically hungry. No. I'm psychologically hungry. Psychologically hungry. On that note, though, a good snack is apple with peanut butter. It's an amazing snack. That is an awesome snack. Just for all listeners out there, it's got a lot of good stuff in it. So if you are looking for a little snack and you are hungry, but you want a blast of energy, um, apple with peanut butter is really good. Yeah, and it's actually excellent with a brew. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's really good. I had it the other day after I'd come in from a long run because I was hungry. So yeah, apple and peanut butter is a really good snack. And we are not nutritionists. No, we are not. But I also think less of the cow's milk. And the reason Ooh, why, the reason why, go and have it, enjoy it if you really want to. But I would have like a coffee that used to be like three quarters milk mm-hmm. and I would have like four or five of them a day. <laughs> so when I swap that out and I put in a few of the nut milks and soy and stuff like that, for me, it worked just from a calorie load situation because I was always going to have the coffee. Don't drink calories. Again, we, we will get the nutritionist on, but don't drink calories is another way to do it. So if you want a coffee, by all means have a coffee. We will look at caffeine and fertility actually at some point, but don't drink calories. So your hot chocolate with your cream and your marshmallows, don't get me wrong, I love a hot chocolate with cream and marshmallows, but maybe one a week, not one every single day. It's kind of quick hacks like that that I found to be really good when I was losing weight. Recognising the difference between psychological hunger and real hunger, the apple test, mm-hmm. uh, trying to not to restrict too much throughout the day, knowing that that witching hour mm. of 8 to 10 o'clock at night is when it, the wheels really start coming off for me. Another tip, which I'm sure lots of people have heard of, but is is the dark chocolate over the dairy milk. And I say this with love because I love dairy milk. It is my nemesis. But if you are really struggling, um, the dark chocolate does work well. It does just take the edge off. So a little square of dark chocolate. It isn't the same as dairy milk, but it might be enough just to calm you, you know. I see you and I raise you on the chocolate thing. Oh, okay. Okay. Put that dark chocolate in the fridge. 
because it actually slows me down eating it. What? Why yeah. is it so cold? Because it's so hard. <gasps> so, That's a really good idea. So basically, because oh I'm God. like, you know, if I'm gorging, it's it's happening. And <laughs> I can mill through a bar of chocolate in seconds. Like It's nearly like it's vanished, like mm-hmm. it's vaporized. So it's this idea of eating slowly and chewing. The other uh, tough tip for when we're uh, trying to take our mind off it, everyone knows that mm-hmm. that time in the day that they start rummaging around the fridge. Just go for a walk around the block. I know yes. it's like take yourself for a walk, but it really does help because yep. it changes your mindset. Yep. Just half an hour, 15 minutes outside. Yep. By the time you come back, you'll be in a different headspace. And, and it's closer to bedtime. So uh, you can yes. just go to bed. <laughs> Which in desperate times I've done in desperate, you know, just to stop myself eating. um, I have just gone to bed because I wasn't hungry. It was boredom. But if you are finding it hard to get to sleep, and this is one that I had, because if I was low in calories, I was hungry. And then I thought, oh, you know, you you don't want to be in your bed hungry. Have a bath. I know that sounds crazy, but what it does is it raises the temperature of your body. And then your body spends most of its time trying to cool it down so you can go to sleep. And it'll set you off. Also, it's very hard to get to a fridge if you're in a bath. <laughs> I did not know you were going to say that. Uh, Usually in two very different rooms of the house. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say you could bring the chocolate in there with you. But Wait. that's not the point of this episode. Yeah. But the last thing to say with fertility-friendly weight loss is actually around sleep. So not only is sleep good just to stop you going in the fridge, but sleep is really, really key to weight loss because... You need to try and get your eight hours sleep, which I know everybody always bangs on about. But the problem arises when if you have not had enough sleep, you wake up in the morning and your body does need that energy. So like anything, you need your basic energy. So your body looks for energy in the caffeine and the sugar. So you're tired. You wake up. You you do need more energy. So you reach for the biscuits. You reach for the croissants. You reach for the, the latte coffee with the extra shot in it because you actually haven't had enough sleep. You are running low on energy. And that makes it really difficult not to snack the next day. Sure. So sleep is massively, massively important. I will also say that it took me a while to start eating breakfast as well. It's one of the one of the Ooh. best things that I learned uh, when I was going through um, weight loss after I had my second daughter. And it really wasn't coming off. I was yo-yoing and it never happened to me before. So I had to learn this whole area. And I wasn't a person that ate breakfast at all. I sink a cup of coffee out the door about 11 o'clock I'd grab something and it was one of the things that I think really really helped me because I started bringing in a lot of protein first thing in the morning eggs are really easy um especially if you don't like to eat an awful lot in the morning and again that starts providing structure for the rest of the day when I did need breakfast and when I relied on my 11 o'clock snack it was whatever you could grab yeah so and you tend to be out of the house for that this idea about trying to lose weight in general all comes down to prepping having a structure and having release valves and knowing when your triggers are absolutely and the structure thing um links into habits so with all my training programs we have the option of putting healthy habits in it's not sexy weight loss and fitness when you go on instagram it looks kind of really exciting and people are all doing all this fabulous stuff and they're eating all this weird food it is consistency 100 percent. it's just getting the basics right it's consistency consistency have your structure in your day, plan for things and just do the little things that need to be done. It it really, really does make a difference, like a massive difference. Yeah, absolutely. And understanding that 
because we're women, our bodies change throughout the month. So please, please yeah. don't be too hard on yourself. Either that's the other thing, because I think sometimes when people are losing weight, you're doing really well throughout the month. Yeah. And you might weigh yourself once a week, get on the sad step and you're doing great week one, great week two, week three, you might have only maintained or may increase. And then you go, oh, to hell with this. Chances are it is hormonal and we retain a lot of water at certain points in the month and then we drop it again. So you have to look at weight loss over the long term. I'm really glad you said that as well, actually, because the other thing that is super important is to plan for when that happens. So what I'm working with at the minute with my clients is I am explicitly saying to them, first two weeks, boom, absolutely fab. You're doing the squats and you're doing the burpees. You're eating really well. When you got to week four, novelty's worn off a bit. It's quite hard work. You're not quite in the long term habit yet. So we are explicitly planning for this dip. So I've got one client at the minute and um, she is working towards getting back to cricket, which is really cool because I play cricket. She's postpartum. So we have built into her plan at week four. You are going down to your cricket club. You're going to go to a training session. You're just going to throw a ball around and then you're going to hang out with your team afterwards because we know that in week four she's going to dip. So I'm really excited because we've explicitly built it in and then going down, seeing her pals, throwing a cricket ball around will give her a little bit of extra motivation to keep going. Yeah, it's such a good idea because... Mm. We have to have those non-food treats. You could even have some food treats. You know, you've done great all month. Go out and enjoy. Have the glass of wine. Enjoy your life. But you also have non-food treats as well. I'm really interested in this idea of food as a treat. Um, And this is in no way a criticism of anybody. But the other thing to do when you're trying to lose weight is to shift that framework and actually try not to see food as a treat now I am not judging because my family's Italian you know like we live to eat in my family and we live to eat the carbs you know we love the carbs but actually when it comes to weight loss seeing food as a treat can be a trap because it could be oh I've done a really good workout today I'm gonna go and have um, a sausage sandwich with extra cheese or, I've, or the other way around is I'm having a really bad day today so I'm gonna eat some chocolate because that will make me feel better it probably will in the 10 seconds, but then it, it will probably hinder you a little bit later on. So again, that's probably a whole other episode and that's for a psychologist, but it is something if you see food as a treat, just maybe be mindful of it to start with. Just be aware. And I have to say, Julia, when she comes on, she'll talk to you about this. But in our um, fertility, our fitness and nutrition group at the minute. So Julia gives lots of recipes to help people as they go through the eight week course. And one of the things she gave was overnight oats. And one of the ladies in the group exactly like you um busy job you know doing lots of things in the day never had breakfast was really hungry got to 11 o'clock grabbed crisps etc etc she tried the overnight oats and she said game changer she said because i had the protein so you know i had the chia seeds in and i don't know what milk she used but she ate something slow release basically energy and she said it was an absolute game changer because she would get to lunch and she hadn't snacked it's not just nutrition for the girls Mm. nutrition for the guys as well sperm health is really important oh yeah massively important we will be covering all of that we will and i believe yet again (gasps) we have some we've got some good news we have we've had another pregnancy announcement this week again i'm not naming names because it's very private but yes um i had another message they all start very similarly along the lines of hi i've been quiet recently but this is why so i am absolutely delighted and over the moon that's such good news it is it's really good news and also (laughs) 
well, I, I read the message when I was in um, the middle of a cafe. So what I shouted out was, yes, one of my clients is pregnant. But when you take that really out of context, in the middle of a cafe, I got some strange looks. But I don't care because I'm happy anyway. But yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome news. Amazing news. Well done. I'm going to have a crew. We're going to have a crew. I want, I'm going to have a photo board. They're going to be adorable. I might send them a t-shirt. It's going to be amazing. They're all called Maria. They're all called Maria. And they're going to be absolutely gorgeous and adorable. I cannot wait to get some of these photographs yeah. on your Instagram. When, yeah, when... I know. It's going to be amazing. What we'll be discussing next time. How to build healthy habits to support your fertility. And I cannot wait, actually. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Remember to subscribe to get a shiny new episode each week. And please rate and comment. And really importantly, share with your friends, especially our trying to conceive sisters. You never know who's struggling and they may need that little bit of extra help. This may come as a surprise, but we are not doctors or nutritionists. So we strongly recommend that you consult your doctor or nutritionist before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. Get everything checked out first. Your safety is our priority. This has been a Worth a Listen production.